Hi, I'm Ray, compulsive overeater, bulimic anorexic. Hi, thank you for asking me to speak. Um, I used to be a regular attendee at this meeting, and I actually stopped coming because there were so many outside issues coming into the room that I couldn't take it anymore. And they were just little things, but like people's names got mentioned, other diet programs got mentioned, and for me that's very triggering. So that's why I stopped coming. It, it just seemed to be snowballing. Maybe it hasn't happened um, this term around. But I, I, uh, what I love about this program is that we stay on our primary purpose because that's the only thing that brings us together in this room. I don't care what your political affiliation is. Outside of these rooms I do, but not in here. And um, I don't care what you look like. I don't care what your sexual orientation None of that shit matters to me at all. I don't care. The only thing I care about is that we have this problem and together we're working together to find a solution to solve it and so I was thinking about what I was going to talk about today and um, because I've done so many of these podcasts I'm like oh, it's the same story you know like it doesn't change <laughs> same story unfortunately or fortunately same story but what I thought about when I was meditating this morning I was like okay um, I called my higher power goddess she she has changed. It used to be God, now it's goddess. Um, so she, uh, I, I said to her, I, what do I say? Like, what do I do? Because I, I want to have the plan. I, I need the plan. I'm a, I'm a, I was a compulsive dieter. I need a plan. And then all of a sudden, I just got this thing, uh, long-term solution for a long-term problem. And then I thought, yeah, because I was looking for short-term solutions to a long-term problem. That's what I was looking for. And it was really funny because I was talking to my husband today. My son broke his collarbone yesterday in a motorcycle accident. And um, he's fine. Um, but uh, he's like, I, I, he, I, he won't get back on the bike, which is good. But it's also like, how is he going to pay for a car and all, those, all that stuff. So, um, you know, and then my husband said, yeah, we need to come up with a long-term solution for this problem. <laughs> I was like, what? I mean, you know, like there's no... It, God is everywhere if I listen. God is everywhere if I listen and will guide me to the right thing, right? So just to give you a little bit of background for those of you who are new or don't know me, um, I celebrated 31 years in this program in May. Um, and so what that means is I just have more time. That's all. It doesn't mean anything. I don't know anything. My sponsees, I've been with the same man for 38 years, and I have all these young sponsees, and they call me for dating advice. I've been on exactly one date in my life. <laughs> and I was like, you're kidding, right? Like, I don't, I, I, no, you're calling the wrong person. If you want to know, like, how to deal with somebody after a long time being together with them, I can help you with that. But a date? I don't know what to do on a date. I don't know how you find people to date, you know. So what's really great about this program is that I don't have to come up with that. I can simply say, I don't know. Ask somebody else who's got experience. Whereas before, I had to, like, I had to know everything before it was on the test. And, you know, what, I mean, it's such perfectionism, such incredible perfectionism, that if you don't know it, make it up or find a story or do something. And it's um, kind of how I live my life. And so, um, so dieting for me was, was the short-term solution to a long-term problem. And so uh, my, my mom put me on my first diet when I was nine. She took me to Weight Watchers. I was the only child there. Um, and they didn't do points in those days. It was really nasty. And um, it, was, it was, I want to say humiliating, but I don't even know if it was because it was just like what I did. And it's what I did until I came into this program. I dieted for 17 years in this program. 
or, or sorry, before this program, I dieted for 17 years. And what that looked like was I never became severely obese and I never was hooked up to an IV. And I thought in order to qualify as a bulimic or an anorexic, I had to be hooked up to an IV. And to qualify as an overeater, I had to be 300 pounds. So I didn't know where I fit. But I did hear in my first meeting, this is not your fault. This is not your fault. This is not a question of willpower. You have a disease that needs to be treated, and we have the treatment. And I stayed. I was like, I'm in. Because my whole life I've been told if I just have a little more willpower, if I just stayed on the diet a little longer, if I didn't have to go up and down 30 pounds, that was my thing, 30 pounds up and down. And, um, you know, and I, and, I, and, I, and I bear that in my body now. My skin is fairly stretched out, which is fine, um, just from... from dieting and, you know, gaining and losing and all that and having two children and all that. So, um, and I'm 57, so age, you see it on me, you know, and that's, and like, I don't freak out anymore about that. Like, I don't go, I've got to fix this. I've got to get to a doctor and do something about this. I don't do anything about it. It's just like, this is what's going on. I want to age gracefully. That's what I'm choosing to do. Not that there's anything wrong with not aging gracefully, but for me, it doesn't work. I don't, I want to be honest in everything I do, including what this looks like. Um, so, so I got into program. I was in New York City at the time. At the time, I wanted to have cancer to lose weight. I wanted to be homeless to lose weight. I joined a cult to lose weight. Um, I, I, I mean, like, you name it, I did it. Short, everything short of surgery. If somebody said this will work, I would do it. And I remember, like, walking into places and going, if they told me to eat dog shit, I would eat it. Like, literally, I would do that if somebody told me that I could lose weight. And to come into these rooms and hear, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to do that anymore. I was like, well, what do I do now? Where's the diet? And when I came in, they had something called gray sheet, which was a diet. And I remember looking at it and just going, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I can't do it. I can't do another diet. I don't have another diet in me. So for a lot of people who come from big quantities, they have to learn what a quantity is. I know what a quantity was. I've been on diets my whole life. I was really good at dieting, like really good at it. You know, I was a perfectionist. I could do it. And everybody would be so proud, and, you know, my mother would like me a little more and whatever. Um, so what I learned was, I had a sponsor who said the math doesn't work. Once you walk into these rooms, the math doesn't work any longer. So what you think is going to be too many calories is not. What you think too, too much exercise is, or not enough exercise is, is too much. Because I was exercising a lot. And I was, um, I was down to like 600 calories a day. Couldn't, couldn't, um, I couldn't lose weight anymore. I'd hit a plateau. I freaked out. And that's kind of what drove me into the program because I thought, I can't go up again. Like, I just, I, I was so suicidal at that point. Um, all I wanted to do was throw myself in front of subway trains. I mean, I was praying for cancer. You know, like, this is, these were my nightly prayers. And at the time, I was engaged. I was in my chosen field, and I was making money. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. And I was a size 4. It, and it just didn't matter because I was like, if I go up to a size 12 again, I'm going to kill myself. Like, there was, you know, like, that was the worst thing that could possibly happen to me. So I got in the program and um, I had to gain weight, which was really hard. Uh, but I had, like, my body was starving. It was just starving. And I started listening to my body. What do I really need? Um, 
getting rid of all the crazy diets that I was doing, um, all the food plans. I just, I had to stop them. And I started to ask myself, what do I really want to eat? What's good for my body? And so I started seeing like, okay, what portions, you know, like what a portion, I knew what a portion was, I could do that, and I could do it with the help of God. I heard somebody in a meeting say years ago, and this is somebody I didn't like at all in program, like I didn't like her, and she gave me the most wonderful piece of advice, which is why we never know where we're going to hear God. We just don't know. And she, and she was sharing, and she said, I always leave a, a bite for God on my plate. And I thought, okay, I'm doing that now. And she didn't take seconds. And I thought, okay, I'm never going to take seconds again. I shouldn't say never. I think 98% of the time I don't take seconds. 2% of the time I'm like, you know what, I'm having seconds. Um, because I don't, put, I don't put parameters around my food because I did that. That's my disease, right? So like when a sponsor, if I'm looking for a sponsor and she says, you have to call in your food to me, I'm like, we're out. Like I can't, I did that. You know, that feeds into my disease. So for me, when people say the road gets narrower, my road had to get a lot bigger because I was eating 600 calories a day. I was eating like eggs and grapefruit, you know. So um, I needed to open that up. And so what my abstinence became, because I couldn't figure it out, and it still is, if I work my program, I'm abstinent. That's all I need to know. And for 31 years, I have worked my program. I meditate every morning. I do my steps every morning. I call my sponsor. I sponsor people. I read literature. I share at meetings. I, I do everything they told me to do to get better because I didn't want to live like this anymore. And I saw people who weren't living like this anymore. I saw people who were like, yeah, the food's not the problem. I'm like, what are you talking about? The food's the problem. And they're like, no, food isn't the problem. And I would listen to them, and I, and I would go, uh, I'll open my mind a little. Because it says in the big book that willingness is the key that opens that lock. You know? So all I needed to do was have the willingness to go, maybe. Maybe they're right. Maybe I'm wrong. And so I started listening to other people. I started listening to my sponsor. I did 12 steps in 12 weeks when I came in here because I was going to do 12 steps, 12 weeks, get the hell out. That was my plan. That didn't happen um, because I'm still here 31 years later. Um, But what what it did was it it made me go through, like in the big book, they go through it in like a a weekend. They go through all 12 steps. I was like, well, I can do that because I'm a perfectionist. I can do that. I couldn't do that, but what I have been doing is I've been doing steps continuously all these years because the steps are where I find the, the solution to my problem. When I admit I'm powerless, it's out of my, it's out of my control now. It's like I, I don't have to take care of it anymore. You know, like with my son yesterday, I was, I was like, he's in Riverside. I'm like, well, we'll come out. We'll see you. We'll, we'll do it. And he's like, I don't want you to come out today. I said, you sure? Yeah, I don't want you to come out today. And I can hear that and go, all right, I need to listen again. He's okay. He's okay. And then I thank God. And I go and I say, can you please take care of him so he can have, he can get some sleep tonight? And then I don't have to worry about it because I put him in somebody else's hand. I put him in, in, my, in God's hands. Or I can take my food, which is what I do. And I say, because I, did, I thought that like, this was too small, too small a prayer. You know, like I have to make big prayers, but my small prayer is, let me know when I'm finished. Let me know when I'm finished. And in the beginning when I was doing this, I was like, make it feel like a rock in my stomach. Make it feel like a rock. 
because I couldn't stop if I just felt full. Like, that's, who cares? I'm full. I can keep going. That's not a problem. Because I did, I never knew when I was full or hungry because I was always on a diet or binging. How would I know? Like, the first time I felt hunger, I was like, what the hell is that? You know, like, I didn't know what hunger was. And then, because um, I, I just overridden all of those signals. And it takes time to get back. And so I had to give my body time to heal. And, um, and I have medical issues as a result of this disease, uh, not as bad as some, worse than others. Um, and I, um, I've shared about my son other than his collarbone. He almost died from this disease. He was a compulsive overeater, and then he went down the rabbit hole, lost over 100 pounds, and um, almost died. And he had to be put into rehab and was vomiting up buckets every day, buckets. So uh, I've seen this disease at its worst. I've seen what it can do. I know people who've died in this disease from suicide. Um, I was certainly going to be one of them. Uh, my, my goal, I came in at 26. When I came in, I, I was like dead at 30. That's what I wanted. I wanted to be dead by 30. And so when I, at, the aging process for me is actually like a gift. I know a lot of people like are like, I don't want to age, but for me, like I have 27 extra years is the way I see it. And that's how I see my son. He got like six extra years at this point um, that he wasn't supposed to get. So I feel like aging is a, is, is a gift. Not, not one to be messed with or to be dismissed or disregarded or hated because it's a, it's, a, it's a gift to age. It's a gift because I was that close to death and I, was, and I saw my son be that close to death. So it's a gift. Um, it's a gift to be in this program to have a community of people who I can, I, I can call somebody in this program and say, I need to cry. And they'll sit on the phone with me for 20, 30 minutes while I'm crying. I don't know what the hell they're doing on the other line. It doesn't matter, but you know, maybe they're, like, doing their dishes. I don't care. But I'm crying on the phone and somebody's listening because they've been there, too. So what we do in this program is we share experience, strength, and hope. So if somebody says to me, well, what did you do to stop eating? And, I, and I'm like, I, I just work the steps. And then the rest was grace. I don't know why I don't compulsively overeat anymore. I can't tell you how that happened. I don't want to go on diets anymore. The only thing that's happening, okay, so this is good. So my husband got um, diagnosed with borderline um, high, uh, high blood pressure and cholesterol. And his doctor said to him, you need to lose some weight, otherwise you're going to need to go on medication. My husband won't deal with medication at all. He hates it. So he's like, I'm getting in shape. So he's been walking every day for an hour and cut out snacking, and he lost like 15 pounds. It looks amazing. It looks amazing, and he stopped snoring, so now we can sleep together, which we haven't done for years. Like, literally, I have a, a mattress that I sleep on because he's like a sledgehammer outside. And, um, and since his weight loss, he doesn't snore anymore, which is a huge benefit. But I have to tell you, if this had been when I first came into program, I would have stabbed him in the chest for losing that weight. I would have been like, what the hell? How did you lose weight? And what did I would have killed him, you know? And, like, and there's a little bit of envy when he walks out the door. Like, he's like, I'm going to my walk. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to a meeting, you know? <laughs> because I still have this envy of people who can exercise every day, you know? Because I can't do that because that sets me up. So I dance three days a week, and I do walk, but I don't walk 
for exercise, I walk for joy, and I dance for joy, and um, I don't do anything I don't want to do anymore. I just don't. I don't have to. You know, like, I'm a grown-ass adult. I don't do stuff I don't want to do anymore. Um, I have a job. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's awful. It's fine. Um, I use all of my skills in it. It makes me very, very, very happy. I help others. Um, I have a lot of sponsees. I'm in another program. And I, you know, I live a really clean life. My food is, is like, normal. It's not out of control. I don't... I eat healthy just because I like eating healthy. Um, I was I wasn't somebody who did the fast food. That wasn't my that wasn't my experience because I never would allow myself to have that. And I remember when I was in program for a while. Bless you. I had this. I had this. I, I was eating chips a lot. And I and I don't say I can't have anything because the minute I say I can't have it, I want it because that's the nature of my disease. So call my sponsor after a few days of this, and she's like. Well, God must want you to be eating those chips right now. And I was like, what are you talking about? God wants me to eat these chips. They're not good for me. They're, you know. And she's like, you never got to eat chips as a kid. You're eating chips now. Enjoy them. And then the next day it was lifted. It was just lifted. And now I have chips, but it's not, I'm not eating chips, you know. Like I have some chips with my meal or I have whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Like I just, I have so much freedom around food and body that I didn't think was possible. And then, like, a month ago, I was in body obsession. It hasn't happened in years. It was like I couldn't get rid of it. And, and I just was like, God, this is, this is what it used to be like every second of the day. And I just was like, okay, God, you must want me to be going through something right now to focus on why this is going on. And you know what? It got lifted. And I was like, okay, fine. I, I mean, it's like because I've had time in program, I know that it'll be lifted. Like, I know it's not going to last forever. If I continue to work the steps, show up for meetings, call my sponsor, listen to my sponsors, if I do all the work, it'll get lifted. It may not get lifted that day. That's what's really scary for me is how long is this going to go on and how's it going to affect my body? And it's like, you know what? The math doesn't work. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the math doesn't work. I eat a lot more than I did when I came in. And I don't, like, my body stays the same. I don't work out three hours a day, seven days a week anymore. And my body still stays the same. I don't have to do anything. I don't need to be the smallest person in the room anymore. I don't even want to be the smallest person in the room. There's a, there's a woman who works out uh, next to me. <laughs> Thank you, goddess. Um, she's, in my, um, she's in my dance class, and she's very, very, very anorexic. And it... Wherever I am, she's right next to me. I don't know how this happens. And it makes me crazy because, like, I see my son when I see her, you know. And in the beginning, I was so angry about this. I was like, why is she standing next to me? And then I was just like, okay, God, you want me to stand next to her. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe she's attracted to something, you know. Maybe one day... She'll ask me, and I, I did try to be nice to her one day. I was like, oh, I really like your leggings. And she's like, oh, my God, they're so tight. And I was just like, oh, okay. Um, I know that. I know that conversation, and I'm not joining in. You know? <laughs> and so I can also stop those conversations. I've stopped my mother from commenting on my body. She now comments on my hair. That's her new thing. Um, it's 
fine. Um, so, uh, she's got to comment on something, you know, so whatever. So I have a field day with my hair, I don't care. Um, but she's not allowed to comment on my body because I said to her, it makes me really uncomfortable. I don't like, I don't like to be watched. Like, it, I don't like people watching my food. I don't like them watching my body. Please stop. And she heard me. Great. So nobody comments on my body anymore. I want them to now. Like, you know, if I've like, if my pants are a little big, I'm like, why isn't anybody noticing? You know? And it's like, it's that old thing of like, when I lived in New York, I left, I literally left New York. I was in my 20s. I literally left New York because I could not take the, uh, um, the verbal abuse that was coming from men. I couldn't take it. I had to leave. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, nobody's looking at me anymore. You know? <laughs> like, it's just this warped brain. Like, I need to be looked at. I need to be looked at. But nobody look at me. You know? And so what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm embracing the fact that I have that dichotomy in me and that I want to show up for things and I want to, I want to present myself as I am and I want to be helpful and I want to, I want to spread the message. And the message is this stuff works. It works. I mean, I have had... I, I have a 38-year relationship that's really good. I love my husband. I love my husband so much. And... Um, I have these kids that I, I love so much and a dog and a cat like who knew I was going to get a cat like that's a miracle that's a whole other story I could tell you about but like honestly a miracle that I have this cat um, and so I'm just like every day I go miracle hunting because that's what I've been told to do so I wake up in the morning and the cat literally comes on my lap when I meditate that's what he does and I'm like that's my first miracle of the day with this cat in my lap because who knew I was going to have a cat? So that's the first miracle. Coming here is a miracle. It's a miracle. Like there's a room full of people who are willing to listen to me. That's nuts. So I will look for miracles throughout the day. And by doing that, I change my brain. I change my brain. I'm starting to feel more positive. So that that's what God wants me to do. That's what Goddess wants me to do. She wants me to be healthy, happy free and alive and I'm not going to waste my life you know people say I wasted a big part of my life dieting I don't think I wasted it it just bless you I just think it wasn't used as constructively as it is now but all of that led me to where I am now and if I hadn't had that I wouldn't be with all of you I wouldn't have the God in my life that I do there's no mistakes in God's world where I'm concerned none I can't explain why things on the, on the outside world happen the way they do. I can't tell you. I can't say, oh, well, God, it's not my business. It's not my business. We're here for this. I know this works. I know that when I bring God into my life, my food takes care of itself, my body takes care of itself, and I'm less crazy. I'm just less crazy. And my, my mind is serene. My husband said, he's like, you're the, you're the serenest person in the hospital now. And I'm like, I know, because we're all nuts, right? But out of, out of the four of us, I'm the, I have the most serenity, which is crazy. And I'm really grateful for that. So thank you all so much. This is a time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions I shared with you today are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. 
When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Question? Allie? Thank you so much, Ray. Um, if you have anger, I know you work the steps, but is there any particular process that you use to deal with the anger? Thank you. Okay, so the question was, um, when I have anger, is there a process I use to deal with it? Yes, there is. Um, Okay, so that's what we have the 10th step for. So what I do is, when I'm feeling out of sorts, I know, um, and I I don't want to do this. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm so angry at them, because I have justifiable anger, which I'm told is not good for me. That's for other people, right? So I have to, I need to feel the anger. I can't say I'm not feeling it. But what I do is I write down, right away I write down the way they did in the big book. For those of you who don't, don't worry, don't worry, you'll get it. Okay, so so the first thing is I resent this person because it's affecting my blah. My part in it is, and if I was living a spiritual life, what would I do differently? And And my sponsor makes me write it down. She won't let me do it in my head. So I'm like, come on, you know, like, I've got it, I'm calling you, you know, and she's like, no, you're not ready. So, and then I, I write those columns down, it takes less than five minutes, because I've been doing them forever, and, um, and once I can find my part, then I can, that's the only thing I can change in the equation. And so I realize then that I do have a part in this, and I talk to her, and even with my husband when I'm really angry, it doesn't last that long anymore just because I do have, a, I have a, 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 a blueprint. I have a blueprint um, that I can follow and it, it, this, this stuff is magic. It's just magic. I don't stay angry at people very long. I was so angry at my mother the other day and I went to a meeting and I shared about it and then I did a, a ten step about it. That's fine, she'd say. I'm still not thrilled, you know, but I'm not mad. I'm just like, okay, okay, I have a part in this, too. Thank you. Sure. Um, thank you so much for sharing, Ray. Uh, as long as it relates to your recovery and as guidance for the meeting, can you share about getting your Oh. <laughs> well, I, I personally find, you know, pets, right? Pets, okay, okay, so, all right, so. It's not related. No, 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 I mean, it's, okay, well, kind of is, because everything's God, right? You're so, okay. Um, yeah, and it is a miracle. Okay, so this is what happened. Um, so the question is, what happened with this cat? Why is it a miracle? So my son, when he was going through his problems, he calls me and he's like, you're going to be a grandmother. And I'm like, he's gay. So I'm like, wait, what? And, you know, and, and he's like, oh, I adopted this cat. And he was in rehab, you know. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? And, and I was so angry. And, and I was like, I'm going to have to take care of this cat. And I can't take care of the cat because my husband's allergic. Okay, so this goes on. Cat goes to all these different places. And then finally my husband's like, we need to take the cat. And so my friend calls it our crack kitty. <laughs> Even though he wasn't on crack, but it's like our crack kitty. Like, you know, so the grandparents take care of the kids who are like, you know, <laughs> who, 
whose like parents are on crack, so like he's our crack kitty, and he's 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 mine now. And I mean, my my parents would never let me have a cat. My husband is highly allergic, could never have a cat, and so every and I've always wanted my whole life. That's all I wanted was his cat, right? So I'm like, I have a cat. <laughs> so that's a miracle. That's I mean, because it, it, it was the thing that I thought was going to be the worst thing for my son. It actually saved his life. This cat did save his life. Like he was with this cat, and this cat took care of him and so um, so this cat saved, saved his life and it was just such a great reminder of miracles every morning yeah hi hi um, what was your evolution with the, the higher power like since uh, the new program Okay, that's interesting. Thank you. So, um, so the question is, what was the evolution of the higher power? I always had a sense of God or angels. I always felt like I had angels. And at the first meeting I went to, it was a newcomer meeting um, when the East Village was the East Village, and you like walked over junkies and <laughs> needles and went into this room, and I was like, ah, and. Um, uh, and I, I said when I was there, I said, you know, I always felt like I had an angel. And then the angel went away. And the, the leader said, well, who moved? And I was like, what? And it just blew my mind. I was like, oh, I have to do something to welcome this relationship in, right? And so that's kind of how it started. Like, I need to make the contact. God will, God will reach me. But if I'm not paying attention and not doing anything, it's... Why would God, you know, there could be lots of knocking. I'm not going to hear it until I go, oh, I need to have a part in this conversation. So that's kind of what happened. And then it's changed. It was a, I don't know, any day could be anything. It, I, I, I have no idea. Like I said, it was male for a really long time. And then the last couple of years it's become female. I don't know. could be male again. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's an energy. Like I feel the energy of it. I feel cloaked in something when I do that meditation in the morning I feel protected people will say to me my smarter friends um, who aren't in program what's wrong with you you know it's a fairy tale and I'm like okay I don't care I don't care you know if it's a fairy tale who cares I, I would rather like go with the fairy tale than everything sucks and I'm going to die you know like I don't I don't need that I have that so this makes me live a better life and I act better you know, so that's does that explain a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Hi. Hi, thanks, Ray. Um, you mentioned that you try to remain teachable and not speak in absolutes, um, like never. Um, <laughs> and the literature says we know only a little, right? So, how do you deal with people that you encounter that? speak in absolutes that you know right okay so the question is um, I don't I don't speak in absolutes any longer so how do I deal with people who speak in absolutes I relate I totally relate so I can have empathy on that level right and again it's one of those things if I, if I start to feel resentment I've got to do those columns right away that's like for me that's that is so my go-to, and I use it with my sponsees only because it just, the minute I can see my part, well, what's my part? I'm not accepting that person, or I'm making them my higher power, or whatever it is. And once I can accept that person for who they are, 
my mother speaks in absolutes, for example, you know, and it's like, and I, I like bristle, you know, and then I'm like, uh, that's who she is. That's who she is. I'm not going to change her. So what do I have to do? I have to change my response to that, which is like, oh, good for you. I'm so glad that you that you know that. Thank you. You know, I don't know, but it's it's not up to me to figure out how to change them at all. I have to I have to really kind of regroup and step back and go, that's them. It has nothing to do with me, and sometimes it feels like it has a lot to do with me, and sometimes it does, but most times it's just, they just need to get that stuff out there. And I know the fear of having to be absolute about something because, God forbid, you're wrong. You know, so I can have some empathy around it. Maybe not in the moment, but five minutes later. Does that help? Yeah. So, it's not like you Okay, hi. Um, so I did not take a hiatus from meetings at all. I, I go to at least two OA meetings a week, and then in my other program, two to three. So I'm probably in five meetings. Uh, when my son was sick, I was going to 13 meetings a week. Um, because for me, it's interesting. Um, so what brought me back was Alex <laughs> What was interesting to me um, about doing all of, all of that was... Um, some people go, oh, there's no God when this stuff happens, right? I'm, I'm giving a program. I'm giving it all up. Me, I lean more heavily. That's, that's what I learned. So I had to go to more meetings. I had to do more meditation. I had to call more people. I had to sponsor more people. Only, bless you, only because I, I, uh, I had to rely on God more because I was completely powerless over everything, everything. And now I am, but, like, it's in the back of my mind. It's not as, like, right out in front of me that I'm powerless over everything. I have to remind myself every morning of that, which is why I do a step one every morning. But, um, yeah, uh, that, that um, I, I, I need meetings. I need to hear God, and I need to hear other people. I need to hear the person I don't, I don't like say to me, leave a bite of blessing, leave a bite of food on your plate for God. I need that. I've heard miracles from people I don't like in this program so many times. You know, like when my son was sick, somebody was like, this woman who I think is certifiable, um, she, seriously, I mean, she is. She, she can be problematic. And, um, and she said, you know, I went to this meeting and I, I prayed for a miracle. And then I just said to the meeting, I need a miracle. And she got a miracle. And I was like, I'm going to use that. I'm putting that out at a meeting. And I did. I was like, I need a miracle. And I got a miracle. You know? Like, it was like, oh, okay, thank you for letting me know that I can do that. You know? You just never know what you're going to hear. So that's why I, I've never, never left program. Because I, even if I'm away, I'll go to a meeting or I'll do phone meetings. Phone meetings are great. Um, if you don't know about them, they're really terrific if you can't get to a meeting. So, um, yeah. It was, it was the outside issues that drove me away, quite honestly. Yes, Could you talk a little about the outside issues? Because when it's part of your story, like you mentioned, Weight Watchers. Right. And I've heard you at meetings. Oh, shoot, I said Weight Watchers. Um, you know, yeah. say, call people out for that, and I find it always embarrassing. So if you could expand on what you mean by that. Right. See, I did say Weight Watchers, so I'm sorry if anybody's triggered by that. Outside issues, like what we do here is we don't talk about our professions. We don't talk about our religions. We don't talk about people, their names, um, because it can be very triggering. 
So, like, if somebody mentions a self-help guru that I have an issue with, and they start quoting that person, I'm uncomfortable. And then I feel like, but why aren't we talking about OA? Why, why, why did we get sidetracked by that? Because now that's all I can think about is the fact that I don't like that self-help guru. You know, fill in the blank. doesn't matter. Um, so if I can just say, well, I, I've used, I have outside help. Or I've, I've read other, I've read outside literature. Without naming it, you can still, t- I've had surgery. I haven't. I mean, I had on my knee, but I haven't had bariatric surgery. But, like, you can still say that stuff. But it's a question of, it can be very triggering for people to hear, um, there was a cert- certain sexual predator um, who was mentioned in this room, and I know three people left. So those kinds of things can be very triggering for people. And our primary purpose is to focus on this disease in the literature. We have our own literature. And the truth is, if somebody brings in the teachings of a self-help person, next week we're going to get the teachings of Buddha or Jesus. Like, once you open the door, that my feeling is everything comes in. And it, may, it just makes me nervous because this is the only place where I feel really safe sharing about this disease, and it's all I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about anything that's going on in the outside world. The minute I leave these rooms, I can do that. I can do it before the meeting starts. But in this hour that we have together, I don't want to hear about it. That's, that's, not, for, that's not for me. It's, it's, it, it's harmful to me. That's why I can't do it. Other people don't have an issue with it. My other program, but that's the other program. This program is, is um, I think, it's sacred in that way. And people, you know, they, it's, it says it's in, in the traditions, it's incumbent upon us to speak up when our traditions are violated. So it's always challenging. It's always difficult. I've never done it in this room because we're, we're recorded. I don't feel comfortable doing it. But... It, it literally says in literature, it's incumbent upon us to raise our hands when somebody's violating the traditions. And so when I know that, I go, okay, I'm not going to be popular, but I, I'm, I'm going with the traditions because that's how these meetings stay. That's how they stay as big as they are. Otherwise, we lose people, you know, and I don't, I don't want to lose anybody because of something from the outside. If we lose something from the inside, that's a whole other issue. But if it's, an, uh, you know, something from the outside, that's just sad. So, um, does that answer your question? Yeah. Yes, sir. Can you talk about how you sponsor? Yeah. Okay, so I, I always say I'm the worst sponsor in the world um, because um, I, don't, I don't call my sponsees. I, like, I, I always say to them, look, I've got two grown children. I don't need any more grown children. You know, like, your program, you work it the way you want. I'll take you through the steps. Um, I, I tell, like this dating thing is hilarious to me, you know. And so I'm always like, I'm not taking you through the steps on dating. I can't do it, but I can take you through the steps on food. And when you're having resentments, I can help you. And you know, I, I always what step are we on? That's how I work with my sponsees. What step are you working on? Um, we do step work together. If they're having issues, I'm like, well, you're at step one, or you're at step three, or you know, um, I have an outside eye who can who can hear it and see it pretty quickly only because I've been around these rooms so long. So, but I, you know, I have sponsors who haven't called me in months, and I don't check up on them because we're adults. And what I learned in this program was how to be an adult, how to eat, how to shop, how to feed myself, how to cook, how to cook for others. I learned how to be an adult. 
And so I can't sponsor people who don't want to be adults. Um, and so I'm not great with newcomers. I'm really not. I feel bad about it, but I'm not. Because they need, they need more than I can give them, quite honestly. Um, when I was a newcomer, I called my sponsor once or twice a day, every single day. Um, it was, I, I needed that. And, um, and now my sponsor's like, you need to check with, in with me every two weeks. And she's got all these, all these other things that her sponsors need to do, and she doesn't have me do any of them because she knows I'm working my program. She treats me like an adult. Um, and I like that. So um, I, I treat my sponsors like they're adults. Uh, I, had a, I had a sponsor who used to call us her babies. I swear to God, that's why I left her. I couldn't take it anymore. She's like, my babies are coming over. Do you want to? And I'm like, I'm not your baby. And I just like, she's a great sponsor. But honestly, that was the thing that, that like drove me crazy. I couldn't take it. And um, because we're equals. We're all equals in this program. I just have more experience. I'm not better than anybody else. I don't have it together better than anybody else. I'm just, I'm just sharing my experience, strength, and hope, and pointing to steps because I know how to do step work. That's kind of it. Michael. How about steps six and seven? How about step six and seven? Thank you, Michael. Um, my first spiritual experience in this program came in step seven. Um, every morning, I, I ask God is to remove my character defects, and I do it at night, too. Um, and what happened to me during step seven, uh, well, verse six, that I was told to do, um, how does it help you? How does it hurt you? How does it help you? How does it hurt you? Because there's a reason why I have them. Thanks. Um, I'll, I'll wrap this up quickly. Uh, so the first time I gave my my character defects away when I did seven, because my sponsor's like, you don't really have to do much. You just have to just ask God to take them. It's a very simple step. And I literally felt my hands go up to the ceiling. And it was my first spirit, like, I felt lifted. It was my first spiritual experience in this program. Very, very, very powerful. So, um, yeah, that, that would be my experience with six and seven. Thanks.